Hello to our listeners. This is a podcast being brought to you, of course, by the one and only Sarah's and Prevention Team. What I love so much about our job is what we do is centered around youth. Like, I think we have a very cool job because I love working with youth, hence this is why we do what we do. But it's centered around middle and high school students. And I am here with, let me not forget to tell you about my lovely, lovely co-host. Hey, Natalie. Hey. So Natalie's going to tell you a little bit more about the work we do as a prevention team and kind of like, why do we even do this work? Why is it even important? Awesome. Thank you, Jenta. So prevention is Sarah's in school-based programming where our team goes into middle and high school students um, or high schools um, on the west side of Chicago and western suburbs. We talk to students about healthy relationships. So in the classroom, we discuss all types of topics regarding social emotional learning, such as coping skills, mental health resources, as well as giving students the tools to have the healthiest relationships as possible, and also how to recognize unhealthy or abusive behaviors in relationships. So if you think about it, 100% of us are in relationships, whether that be with our families, friends, or dating partners. And that's why it's so important to know what a healthy relationship looks like what you can do to have the healthiest relationships as possible, and also how to recognize the unhealthy and what to do when you're experiencing the unhealthy or you see a friend that's experiencing an unhealthy, all of that stuff. Just a little bit of a plug. The prevention team also runs our youth committee program, which is an after-school opportunity for high school students um, where we meet twice a month to talk about current events, social justice issues, as well as other topics surrounding gender-based violence and domestic violence. So if you're a high school student that want to join in on the conversation, or if you know a high school student who would be interested in joining, our first meeting of the year is going to be this month in September. Woo! Um, And we'll post that information in the show notes, or um, we'll connect you to resources after the show or the episode. Um, Gentle, do you have a fun fact about yourself that you'd like to share? Man, I have to pick just one fun fact. Okay. A lot of plus size modeling between the ages of like maybe 20 to like 27. Um, It was so cool because I am not your average plus size model. I'm not your average model, of course. So it was so much fun seeing avenues being open for myself where I'm not like what people would ordinarily think as a model besides being absolutely gorgeous but like I don't always have that particular body type <laughs> so like that's my fun fact like I did it regardless to what society said I did it y'all yes you did and you are amazing um Jensel's always the person that no matter what kind of mood I'm in she's always there to brighten my day Oh, Every thank time. you. What about you, Natalie? Do you have a fun fact? Uh, you know what? I'm not as an interesting person as I'd like to believe. So I think, I don't know if it's a fun fact, but more of when I tell people this, they're very surprised by it. Um, when I was in high school, I biked across the country um, with a group of friends to talk about 
climate change and how to be more sustainable and how to live more sustainable. And then we biked from where I live in New Mexico to Washington, D.C. and talked to our senators about the climate change bill. Um, and have I gotten on a bike since? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I get tired biking around Chicago, which is the flattest place on earth. So, um, yeah. I think that's the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> that is so cool. I understand. I have not biked across anywhere but a few feet. <laughs> not across the, the world. Well, today, you guys, although we just talked about some really, really cool stuff, it gets cooler. We are going to talk about digital abuse. I know. we. I know that is the coolest thing. You're thinking like digital abuse again? Yes, again. We are going to tell you about it. So, Natalie, what is digital abuse? Why are we even talking about this? Yeah. So, digital abuse, the definition of it is the use of technology, such as texting or social media, to bully, harass, stalk, or intimidate a current or ex-partner. So, in a lot of cases, this type of abuse is another form of emotional or verbal abuse that's perpetuated online or over the phone or on a computer um, and can look a lot of different ways. Why we're talking about this is because it's become so prevalent amongst teens because most teens have a phone. Um, and of course, now that we're in quarantine, we're spending a lot more time on our computers and our phones and on social media and all that stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about what some of the warning signs for digital abuse are and also what it can look like in teens. So Gentle, what does digital abuse look like? Okay, I'm glad you mentioned, Natalie, like the reason we're talking about this because like literally, you guys, we use technology and pretty much everything we do at this point like it's whether it's a tv a phone social media we use it in all aspects of life so it's important to be able to like identify some of these signs and i'm about to tell you that you may or may not even know that like this is abusive behavior so some of those warning signs are look through your phone frequently checks up on your pictures text and outgoing calls like no one should be going through your phone and trying to check on what you're doing who you're taking pictures of where you're going I've even heard teens tell me that like their partner would check like their google maps to see like where you've been googling trying to get to like where you're driving to save everything like everything Natalie it's so creepy mm -hmm. also it's tell you if your partner or friend um, tells you who you can be friends with on social media. So we know that's the choice that should be all yours, who you friend and who you talk to or who you communicate with. Sends you negative or insulting threats uh, via email, DM, um, TikTok, whatever social media platform or technical device you use, any negative or insulting or threatening messages is a no-no. Use this site, um, social media, to keep tabs on you. They're saying the last time you updated something, so say for instance, you posted a status, and then you, but you haven't responded to their text message. They're searching for things like that, like, well, why are they posting statuses but not replying to my message? That's also definitely a red flag. Um, puts you down in their statuses. Any negative talk about you online is definitely abusive. Um, we know negative talk in person is abusive. It doesn't change just because it's on a social media site 
or it's done using a technical device. That doesn't mean that it's okay. Sends you unwanted explicit pictures or demands that you send them things like send them a video or what's a picture? Like it's just a picture. It's just going to my phone. I'm I thought you loved me. Yeah, we hear that all the time. Like, I thought you loved me. If you love me, you'll send me a picture. It's just a picture. No one sees it. I'll erase it after I look at it. These are mm-hmm. all things that kind of makes you that pressure part. No one should be pressuring you to do anything that you feel that you should not want to do or if it's unsafe or illegal. We say that to teens a lot. A lot of kids, some things is illegal. So those are things that you definitely should um, remember. Or um, another morning sign is they steal or insist that you give them your password. We like to tell, talk about this a lot with kids because it's like, well, if I'm not doing anything, why is it not okay that my friends or my partner has my password? That's kind of completely up to you if you want to share that kind of information. However, you shouldn't be pressured or no one should demand you to send your password. You set that password to protect your phone. So you have to remember that that's your decision. It's not that like now that we're in a relationship, Natalie, we're in a relationship. You're supposed to give me your password. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't have to do those things. That's again, a decision to make for yourself. Another one is constantly text you and makes you feel like you can't be separated from your phone or you will be punished. What? Like, I'm going to read that again. Constantly text you and makes you feel like you can't be separated from your phone or fear of being punished. What That's what I mean, like, fear of being punished. What might that look like? Being punished can be a lot of kids or go to, like, automatically to the, to the physical abuse. But being mm-hmm. punished can be like, oh, I'm going to break up with you. Or mm-hmm. we're not going to be together. Or if you, if, um, if you don't do this the way I want you to do it, then you can forget about us going on a date. I'm not taking you anywhere. You don't even know how to listen to directions. It can be anything when it comes to punish it does not always have to be physical hitting punching kicking scratching it doesn't always have to be that it can be being punished in other ways it may be something they know you love doing and they'd be like you know what we're not we're not going to top golf because you know you don't know how to act you don't know how to call me back you don't know how to text mm-hmm. me those are some things that like you definitely should keep your eyes open for, for because it may seem totally innocent in the beginning but it's not because this behavior normally we keep seeing it happens more than once another one is tag you in unkind pictures or or videos like that's not cool or tag you in anything that you they know you wouldn't want to be tagged in those are also warning signs the things you need to for sure keep your eye open for do you have any more natalie that maybe i didn't mention no i think you did an awesome job at explaining what digital abuse can look like. Um, And I think it's really hard to notice what digital abuse looks like because oftentimes you're not even seeing it. Like if your friend is in a relationship and they're experiencing digital abuse, you might never even see what's happening, right? But one way that you can kind of notice if your friend or somebody that you know might be experiencing digital abuse, um, going along those lines of constantly texting you, like if your friend feels like they can't be separated from their phone or they get really anxious if they don't respond right away or anything like that, um, that can be um, a warning sign, but it's also important to see that it can look a lot of different ways. Um, One thing I also want to point out is like uh, the one that you said around uses social media to keep tabs on you, right? We, we know Snapchat is really popular amongst teens these days and there's snap maps. 
A lot of times using snap maps to keep tabs on your partner to know where they are and who they're with. Being able to have your social media be private is really important, right? Social media is used as a way to express yourself um, and not as a way for your partner to control you. Yes, Natalie. I definitely agree. Um, When you were saying that, it made me kind of just think about like when a lot of our teens, we realize that like social media is used as a way to express yourself the way you want to be expressed. So that does have a lot to do with like a lot of relationships or even friendships they get into this mode of being like, well, we're friends, so you should be okay if I tag you in this, or you should be okay if I post this on your wall, or you should be okay if I link you here. That mm-hmm. you also have the right to some of those things. For me, you know, some of my, I'm a very much so, a certain spaces in life I want to keep professional, or a certain spaces you might want to keep professional because it may be a space where your teacher or your aunts or your uncles may visit. So your partner and friends, this made me think of friendships, especially they should really Mm -hmm. respect that. Like, hey, I I don't want to be tagged in this type of content, knowing that my mom can potentially see it. So that Mm -hmm. is another warning sign that like if you have friends, that's just like, oh, it'd be fine. It's just this. That's something they should respect as well. A great way of like talking about this with your friends or talking about this with your partner is creating something I like to call a digital contract. I'm like, like, what? That sounds crazy. A contract? We should write it down. No, you don't have to go so far as writing it down. But sometimes creating these boundaries with your friends and partners is very important. A digital contract is nothing but showing what's okay with you and what's not okay with you around technology and social media. So, Natalie, like, do you can you think of like any examples of like something you will put in your digital contract? Oh, yes. If there's anything you know about me, it's that I love boundaries. I often tell people that my three favorite things in this world are my dog, coffee, and boundaries. And like you said, boundaries are really knowing what you're cool with or what you're not cool with. They're kind of like creating rules for how people should treat you. Um, So for example, of what we talked about around phone passwords, right? I'm a private person. A lot of times, especially when you're a teen, the only thing that's like your thing is your phone, right? How you get to use it, who you talk to, and when you talk to them, how you post on social media, what you post on social media, who you can follow on social media, right? So I don't share my phone password with anybody. Um, A lot of times we hear this of, well, give me your phone password so I can see who you're talking to. If you feel like you have to prove that you're being faithful or if you don't share your phone password with them, they'll get upset or mad at you, might be a sign that it's an unhealthy relationship, one of those red flags that Gentle was talking about. So you get to decide who has access to your phone um, and when you give them access. So for example, I have a lot of private things on my phone and personal things, whether that's my bank information, my work email, and things like that. Um, I also have a really hard time keeping track of how I spend my time. So my calendar, right, has little things of like Texas person to say happy birthday, that if somebody has my phone password, they're going to see everything that I have on my calendar, which I think is really personal. Um, Another one that I set with my friends and my partner and my family, especially because I don't get to see them very often because I'm really busy, is that when we're having meals together or we're hanging out together for the first time in a long time, we'll like put our phones away. Um, We won't be on our phones. There are times where I definitely just want to sit and watch Netflix while I eat and that's okay. 
but being able to make sure that there's space where I can be like, hey, can we like put our phones away for this meal? Um, Another one is I, like I said, I'm really private person, but I'm also incredibly unphotogenic. Um, I'm sitting here with a quote unquote model and I am the opposite of what a model is. (laughs) So I'm always that person where I look like a fool in most photos or I'm that one that like eyes are always closed or untrue you guys I've seen pictures of her and they are killing that is not true and with modeling you take multiple multiple pictures to get the shot live so with that I often will have um this boundary with my friends or my partner of if they take a photo of me or I'm in a group photo and they want to post it online of making sure it's okay for them to post it ahead of time. And so a really good example of that, I'm learning how to skateboard in quarantine. I know accomplishing my middle school dreams. Um, But my friend took a video of me at the skate park and I didn't know she took the video. She shared it with me and she's like, hey, is this okay if I post it onto my story? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so I really appreciated that because she was asking me ahead of time and also making sure that it's okay for her to post it. What are some of your digital boundaries, Gentle? I will have to say, because I did not mention, I am a mom of two awesome, annoying, (laughs) handsome, smart little boys. They're 5 and 11. So for me, one of mine is, like, I have the right to turn my phone off and spend time with my family, spend time with my partner, spend time with my friends. That is my right. No, At no point should anyone kind of, like, pressure me to make me feel like I should not have that right. Like at a certain point on some days, I do put my phone on do not disturb because that's just like, I need that moment to kind of be away from like people and, and notifications. Y'all know how that feel like it for like every mm-hmm. 10 minutes, your phones have some kind of notification. Like I've turned off my notifications because it got to the point where it was just like, Oh my God. So I'm dinging for something all day long, <laughs> like at mm-hmm. work, if you're a student at school, like it's very, very like difficult. Another one of mine I will have to say is um, I have the right to what kind of information I send. And I say that because it's kind of like what I feel comfortable with. I mean, I've been in many situations or relationships where it's been pressure to send a certain kind of picture or Mm -hmm. certain kind of like wording and I feel like that's my right to whether or not I feel comfortable with sending those type of things and if I do not that should be respected so those are some things I remember that I have the right to send what I want as far as texting whether it's pictures whether it's links whatever it is I have the right to say that like that's not okay I'm not sending it or have the right to tell my friends or partner like I don't like when you send that kind of stuff to me don't do that Mm -hmm. So those mm-hmm. are two for me that I like to definitely feel like um, I can keep some control over. So how do you think, like, talking about all this digital abuse stuff, what are ways that, like, teens and parents can talk about this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really difficult on both sides to be able to talk to your parents about what's going on in your life, but also parents talking to your teen about what's going on in their life. And there's this really difficult relationship happening, especially when you're a teen. Um, So one way that you can have these conversation with your teens and also 
teens with your parents is making it like a common ground. Um, so we really like to use pop culture in the classroom because most of the time, majority of the people in the classroom will know what we're talking about when we talk about the office or something like that. Um, and so we use those relationships in the TV shows or in movies to talk about what healthy or unhealthy behaviors look like. So if you're watching a TV show or a movie with your teen or with your friends and being like, oh man, did you see how that person just responded? I really didn't like that. Or I would hate it if my partner did that, right? Um, being able to talk about that can make it a neutral ground where you're not specifically talking about your teen and their relationships or their friends to make it a little less personal, but also being able to hear their opinion on the subject. Um, you can also talk about current events that are happening. I feel like every other day we hear news about a celebrity whose nudes got leaked or um, uh, somebody who's getting charged with domestic violence. And so thinking about how you can incorporate those conversations in your regular conversations with your family um, or your friends, right? So I have a friend who is in an unhealthy relationship and I notice it when I see him. And sometimes when we post something on our Sarah's and Instagram, I'll send it to him to be like, hey, check this out. And that's one way just to like expose that person to what I'm seeing that they, they might not even recognize. And also being able to say like, hey, I'm someone you can talk to whenever you might notice that these behaviors are happening in your relationship. Um, also another really great way to introduce boundaries to your kids is creating those digital boundaries in your house. So um, for example, uh, not having your phone around during meals. So like I mentioned, I create those boundaries with my friends and my partner now um, that came from when I was growing up and it was before cell phones existed and we weren't allowed to answer the phone during, during dinner, no matter who's calling, we weren't allowed to answer the phone because both my parents worked and we had teens who were of all ages doing all after school activities that oftentimes dinner was the only time that we could all see each other. And so we wanted to be able to have that time together. Um, another really cool thing that you can do is having like an unplug Sunday and do something together, right? So nobody's on their phones. We're not watching TV. We're not doing anything for a whole day. Um, and we're going to do this thing together. I know right now in quarantine, that feels like what all you're doing is doing stuff together. But thinking through of what it would look like if you did that all together, where you're creating that boundary and showing your kid what that looks like. Absolutely, Natalie. I definitely agree. And I think with this process, both parents and students, you have to be very open. Teens, you have to be open that maybe mom, dad, whom, auntie, or whomever you're having these conversations with, maybe they do know something that you might didn't even think about or think of in a way that you might didn't even think that was digital abuse. Same thing, parents, coming from one parent to the next, we have to be <laughs> open to having these conversations in a fun way. Like, I think a lot of times as a parent, we kind of forget, like, I want you to talk to me as if you were kind of talking to your friends. So that way we can get a gauge on how much you know, how much you don't know. So, yes, parents, it do require us sometimes to be open or it may require us to do some research in an area we never even thought about or watch a TV show that we think is stupid, but our kid loves it. So we're going to sit and watch it so we can have things to talk about. 
I think those are just something that we really need to remember with just simply like being open. So although that was a lot of information in a <laughs> little time, um, and our episode is coming to an end, please feel free to always, always, always check us out at our website, which is sarahsin.org. And Natalie, where can they follow us? Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Sarah's in Oak Park. Like I mentioned, we're going to be posting um, further episodes as well as things that youth prevention are doing, such as youth committee um, and other presentations. Absolutely. Before we like wrap this up, we would love to leave you with just a tidbit of information around self-care. We know me and Natalie, she said it earlier, we're both Tauruses and Tauruses, <laughs> we like zodiac signs, you guys. Tauruses is one thing we know about that is we all about our self-care, y'all. Like we're all about mm-hmm. it, especially right now and um, while we're still dealing with the COVID-19, COVID-19 pandemic, self-care is important. I just recently did this. I took 30 full days off of social media, you guys. You heard right. 30 full days. That's <laughs> crazy. But one thing we our tip for you is try to go a weekend or maybe even 24 hours unplugged. That means no social media. You can spend that time with family or even discussing some of the things we talked about. Or you can spend that time doing absolutely nothing. Just kind of write down how you feel after you spent your 24 hours, 12 hours, a day, a weekend, being unplugged. Natalie, are you going to give this a try? I am. I am that person that's guilty of, I'm so tired, I'm going to go to bed at 9 o'clock. And then I spend so many hours scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or something like that that I look over at the clock and I'm like when did it become 2:30? so I'm gonna try it one thing when you're doing self-care is writing down what happens when you switch your routine up a little bit right so I'm gonna potentially get more sleep maybe my mind will be less full and maybe I'm less anxious because I always feel like I have to be doing something or being in contact with somebody so yeah I'm gonna try it thank you no problem so you guys that brings us to the end of a awesome episode brought to you by the coolest team the prevention (laughs) team we're only the coolest because we love talking to our youth we love talking to our teens the good thing about us we will be back sooner than later so please 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 stay tuned in with us see what else sarah zen has to offer on this podcast And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.